Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. So um, we're going to look at a particular account of King David's life. And um, just as a way of, I guess, introducing that, we're going to read just a few verses from 1 Chronicles 28 uh, and then a chunk of scripture from chapter 29. Um, So I'm just going to jump around a little bit. We'll start at verse 2 of chapter 28. It says this, King David rose to his feet and said, listen to me, my fellow Israelites, my people. I had it in my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, for the footstool of our God. And I made plans to build it. But God said to me, you are not to build a house for my name because you are a warrior and have shed blood. We jump down to verse 11. Then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the portico of the temple, its buildings, its storerooms, its upper parts, its inner rooms and the place of atonement. He gave him the plans of all that the spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple of the Lord and all the surrounding rooms for the treasuries of the temple of God and for the treasuries for the dedicated things. And at the end, right at verse 19, it says, all this, David said, I have in written, all this, sorry, David said, I have in writing as a result of the Lord's hand on me. And he enabled me to understand all the details of the plan. I wonder if you've ever thought about what will be or perhaps has been uh, the pinnacle moment of your life? Um, That's quite a big question. I I wonder perhaps um, you have a dream, maybe a life's dream uh, that you hope to accomplish one day. Or perhaps even as you look back, you can say that was the pinnacle moment of my life. Um, Maybe maybe there is a moment in your career um, or even an adventure in life that you took um, that you would say was that was the pinnacle moment. If you're a parent, maybe the day that your children were born was the kind of pinnacle moment, the greatest moment, or even maybe the day that they left home. Um, David, King David here, is coming to the, the ultimate moment of his life. He has been blessed on every side. He has won victories. He's uh, gained wealth. He's seen fame, um, but in the midst of that, he is the model worshipper because he is hungry to express his gratitude to God for all that that he has experienced in his life. Um, Not long after this, we see David passing away. And so he's clearly grown to be an old man by now and he's lived uh, a full and amazing life. Um, and, and clearly has been blessed with so many things. And one of the things that's fascinating as, you, as we come towards the end of David's life is to see how much David has poured his life into planning, building of God's temple. Um, as we go through, and we just sort of did a quick summary there, but as we went through chapter 28, we can see that David has been planning every little detail of God's house. He's like an architect 
um, but he's gone down to the finest little detail from how uh, how much weight of gold went into the forks to how much silver to go into the tables you know how the lampstands are going to be carved and and made and how much uh, how much gold's going to go into the altar and uh, and the cherubim and he's just he's done every little detail he's planned it all out he's written it all down and we read about how the spirit inspired him to do that so he's 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 taken on this role of a master planner but then as we've read he comes to that moment where god says you are not the one who's going to build it for me and uh you know uh, he 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 said to david well your son solomon will do it instead so what is there left for david to do you know he knew his son solomon was young and inexperienced so what does he do we're going to pick up again and read from uh, chapter 29 just the couple of sections here it says from verse one then king david said to the whole assembly my son solomon the one whom god has chosen is young and inexperienced the task is great because this palatial structure is not for man but for the lord god with all my resources i have provided for the temple of my god gold for the gold work silver for the silver bronze for the bronze iron for the iron and wood for the wood as well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, stones of various colours, and all kinds of fine stone and marble, all these in large quantities. And besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God, over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple. 3,000 talents of gold, gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver, for the overlaying of the walls of the buildings, for the gold work and the silver work, and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? And then the leaders of families, the officials of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. You know, one of the things um, that I love that we see of David in this account is how wholeheartedly David gives to the Lord. You know, he doesn't he doesn't say, oh, well, if I'm not the one who's going to build it, I'll let Solomon figure that out. You know, I'll let Solomon figure out how we're going to resource this thing. If, if Solomon's the one who's going to get to see the structure built, I'll just let him figure it out. He can figure out how much from the from the uh, royal treasure chest, how much from his own personal bank account he wants to put into this thing. He doesn't do that. He doesn't say, oh, you know what? This is just too painful for me. I've spent my last years of my life on this and now I don't get to do it. He doesn't do that. And you know what? I'm sure that God wouldn't have been too upset with David if he had. I think he would have understood that, that that was a really hard thing for him to even be a part of without being a part of it. And yet David says, you know, instead he comes in a totally opposite spirit. He says, don't, you know, don't take away from me the joy of being able to resource this thing, of being able to plan this thing, of being able to fund this thing. I can still do that and I can still know the joy of giving in this scenario. And I love that. I love David's heart. You know, with, if you look at what David gives... He says, with all my resources, in verse 2, I have provided for the work of the temple. 
And verse three, besides, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver. And out of his personal treasures, he gave a hundred tons of gold and 260 tons of silver. It's hard to imagine how much gold that is. So I want to just show you a couple of pictures of things that weigh a hundred tons. So a blue whale weighs slightly more than a hundred tons. That's how much gold David gave. Or um, uh, Boeing 757. All right. Or a, a local motor train. And if, if you can't get your head around that, maybe a swimming pool is easier to understand. So this was huge, huge amounts of gold. Um, and, uh, you know, then David turns around and he says, who's with me, guys? Like, come on, let's give to the Lord. And as the king, he sets the example for all of his officials and all of his other um, generals and, uh, you know, and or commanders and all that kind of stuff. David doesn't hold back. And I, and I think I found that so challenging. Do we only give when we can be a part of the glory of being able to stand back and looking at the thing that we've been a part of? It's so easy for us to do. I find it so challenging as we read this account how pure David's heart was. He, he knew God had a plan. You know, he knew he wasn't going to get to see the, the glorious temple. I mean, imagine that temple with so much gold, so much silver. It must have been shining and huge. And yet he missed that. But he trusted God and he gave wholeheartedly. And where, you know, I think the question for us is where is God asking us to trust him? Even uh, to put our finances to something that perhaps... It's hard to understand, but we know that this is what God's calling us to do. Uh, another area that I want to look at is just the amount of joy. Uh, and I'm going to carry on reading just a few more verses, because after all of this, we, um, we read what David says. We pick it up in verse 9. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. I think that might be an understatement. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly saying, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honour come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. You know, in, uh, in Western churches, when we come to give to the Lord, um, we, we try to, don't we, we try to do that with a minimal amount of fuss. We try to do it quietly and conservatively. Um, if you're anything like me, you may have been in churches where at the bottom of the, the giving pouch or whatever it is you're given to, it's like, it's 
it's got this sort of felt lining so the the coins drop in really quietly and and actually you might not know this but in the green buckets that we pass around at church when we can meet together we have a little bit of rubber at the bottom just so the money doesn't make a big clatter as it goes in um and you know that's a big part of who we are and and i think that's quite right and appropriate that we don't make a big fuss about how much we're giving um but if you've ever been to an African-style church, or perhaps any other culture, but I certainly have been to a few African churches in my time, you will see that there is a very different kind of approach to giving a church. And one of, those, one of the things behind it is how much joy there is in being able to give from the little that we have. I want you to just watch this quick video with me of um, somebody who was excited about giving in church. I just think that's fantastic. Um, A bit showy, but it's just fantastic. I love it. And you know what it reminds me of? And that is how much joy there was in this, um, this account that we were reading of David. You know, as David gives, he experiences the joy that comes from giving. Look at the occasion with me. It says that the people rejoiced and the leaders rejoiced and the king rejoiced greatly. So there's there's rejoicing. Maybe maybe there was singing, maybe there was dancing. We don't know, but you know there is a there's a celebration that's going on. And I love in David's prayer, he says, "Praise be to you, Lord. We give you thanks and praise your glorious name." And um, you know, it's a, such a good reminder, isn't it? Giving is fun and it's meant to be fun. It actually brings out in us and in others a joy and a deep sense of infectious joy and fun and excitement. And can I encourage you, if you, like many of us, if, if you want to experience more of that joy in your life, maybe this is the way. Maybe this is the, something to bring to the Lord today and say, Lord, Am I missing out here? Is there some giving that you want me to do that I could experience this kind of joy? Look, as we come into land, I want to finish off by just highlighting how many times David um, highlights or or talks about God's um, ability and power and, and primarily how much God is in control. If you look through that prayer of his from verse 10 through to 13 again, you'll see he says things like this. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power. Everything in heaven and earth is yours. Wealth and honour come from you. In your hands are strength and power to exalt. You are the ruler of all things. You know, what's in David's mind is not his own great display of, of wealth, his great display of splendour. He he like most of the other kings around him at that time, probably could have been all consumed with himself. And he was clearly a very rich king. But that's not one in his mind. David's thoughts are on God's power, God's wealth, 
and God's splendor. And, and David's sacrificial giving, because I think this really cost him, that kind of giving is, is based on those truths that God is the king, it's his kingdom, it's his wealth, and he's in charge. And I, and I think there's a clear message here for, for us in this, and that is that our willingness to give is actually directly linked, I believe, with our willingness to surrender to God. And, and I think one flows into the other and vice versa. As we surrender, we give. As we give, we surrender. And as we surrender, you know, um, I think there is a freedom for us to experience, not just joy, but also a freedom from anxiety and from fear. I don't think we should be surprised that if we hold back our finances and don't give to God in the way that he's calling us to, that we might experience uh, more anxiety and we might become more fearful about the future. But by giving to God regularly, I believe we can actually break anxiety in our lives um, and we can break off fear about the future. And I would encourage you, if that's been a real challenge for you over this season, again, Ask the Lord, Lord, is there something that I can do? Is there a way that I can change my giving or begin to give that would actually break off that anxiety? And, you know, it sounds upside down. It sounds crazy that if you're worried about the future, you might give more to the Lord. You might give away more to the poor or start giving into church finances. But actually, that is how the kingdom works. It's an upside down kingdom. So look. I want to just come into land and and really bring this home because I'm very conscious that at the moment there more than ever I think we we just don't see what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> I can barely you know we can't bear we can't even plan a uh, a holiday in two months' time, let alone know what we need to be saving for or what we're going to need money for. We can't make plans, and yet you know, and I think a good picture of where we're sitting. Um, I came across this from a friend this week and it articulates quite well where many of us are feeling like we are at the moment. Stuck somewhere between sadness uh, and anxiety and a kind of restlessness and maybe even loneliness. And that is hard. That's a hard place. But you know what this glimpse of David's life it just reminded me that what we decide to do with what we have has and is an enormously powerful thing and can bring change in our lives. It can release joy uh, in, uh, in others and in ourselves. It can break off anxiety and it engages our hearts in uh, the things of the Lord and what he's calling us to do. And that's our prayer. So why don't you pray with me as I finish? Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak to us today. You would encourage us, inspire us, and that we would be as generous as we possibly can with all that you've given us for your glory and for all that you want to do on this earth through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hmm. It's a good reminder.
isn't it? Mm. I just love how, you know, whatever it is that we bring, giving it wholeheartedly is what God's asking. I love mm. that whole thing about joy um, and that reminder of where our joy comes from. Mm. Mm. And I, you know, I think certainly as we go into this week, our heart, isn't it, that is that we would um, be wholehearted that we wouldn't be half-hearted or, you know, hold back from God in any way, yeah. um, that he wants all of us and, yeah. uh, and he, he has good things for us too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're going to bring our service to a close there. Yeah. Um, we really pray this morning has been a blessing for you, where, whatever that looks like, um, whether you're on your own, uh, whether uh, with others, with your family. And, um, as we go through the week, if you've got things that you want to, I guess, just feedback to us, we'd love to hear things that yep. would be helpful on Sundays because we're all just figuring this out as we, <laughs> we battle through uh, yeah. together. So we'd love to hear from you. But um, yeah. yeah. Kids, don't forget, 11 o'clock um, is your Zoom party. Um, and yeah, we pray that you guys have a wonderful week. Uh, we pray God's blessing over you, each and every one of you. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. See ya. ya. Bye.